Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Good Dog Workshop podcast again here with Brian. Brian, what's up? Hey, Carlos. How are you? By the way, our intro music no longer royalty-free. How did that happen? Because we paid for it. There you go. Well, we hope you enjoy uh, our podcast. I think this is our ninth or tenth one. This subject matter is unique because I don't think I've seen or heard anyone talk about this topic, which is basically what happens after you've been bitten and psychologically affected somehow. Have you ever seen anything that addresses this issue? No, in uh, maybe a book here and there, but not a podcast or not a uh, not a training video. By the way, we are your podcast resource for successfully working with your dog. What does that mean? Well, we want to work effectively with our dog's nature and not against it, so we'll teach you, in short, how to speak dogs. And this is a topic that I think is part of that. How would you, do we naturally make sense of an experience like that that could alter how you see dogs in general. Maybe you were younger, maybe as an adult, maybe it happened once, twice, but it changed you. How do we address that? How do we help people overcome that fear? And this is a, an interesting topic for me as the, as the person who fields all the phone calls from new clients, because you may be listening and, and saying to yourself, well, I haven't gotten bitten. I don't you know, know people who've gotten bitten. But surprisingly enough, many uh, significant portion of the people who call us for the first time will either tell us that they have been bitten by a dog or they're afraid of getting bit by their dog or it'll come up during the uh, the one-on-one training session with them that oh I just you know I just remembered I was bitten by this this dog and he looks just like your dog so it actually is a, a pretty common uh, um, consideration for us to for us to keep in mind when we're working with clients so that's why we're discussing this particular topic and uh, we do we make a, a distinguished effort? Do we make? Do we discern what kind of biting? In other words, I, for example, I don't count puppy play right. mouthing as biting. No, I've been bitten three major times that have caused some kind of psychological trauma where I'm taken aback. I was caught off guard, and I had to really confront what I was feeling to be able to continue because it's hard to continue working with dogs, owning dogs, meeting new dogs if you've been bitten and undergone uh, this psychological trauma and then still be stable, friendly yourself. In other words, something about you changes when you've been bitten. Did you see? Did you feel that way when you were bitten, Brian? Yeah, I mean, the most recent bite I, I had was from, from a, uh, a puppy and he was just, he was, you know, pretty terrified um, when I was working with him in this in this one moment, so he was just trying to do anything to to get away. So he he sunk his teeth into my into my finger, but I don't call that an aggressive bite at all. He was just panicked in that moment, and the fact that he was what a twelve week old puppy or something. He's got yeah. other other issues that we need to work on, but that because I didn't feel traumatized by that, I don't I don't put that in this category. I, you know, for me, the the major one that uh, that I recall is when I was bit by a. a dog who was a former a retired police dog um and so that's what that's what i look back to and that really changed how i work with dogs and how i how i feel about uh, about myself it gave me a, a you know tremendous amount of confidence realizing wow i was just bitten by a a former police dog and i survived and i'm okay and what was so great about that is that dog and i were best buddies after that once he and i established the hierarchy between us we, you know, just instantly bonded. It was, a, it was a very good experience. But my point here is I use that experience in a positive way to 
to be introspective and to look at myself and to, and to decide, make a conscious decision, I'm going to do something good with this. I'm going to make myself better. I'm going to improve my handling skills. And I'm certainly going to improve my relationship with this dog through this. And that's what we hope other people can do as well. Was that the first time you were bitten that you remember you were yeah. psychologically affected? Yeah. Okay. And the, the dog broke skin? Yeah, he actually he actually broke skin and uh, and got me on each hand, and I had gloves on. So you know he was trying to tell me don't mess with me like that. And uh, um, when he, I was trying to get a get a ball from him to teach his owners how to um, how to get him to to release, and that's a tough thing for a police dog. And at the time, I didn't know he was a retired police dog, and so I gave him some verbal corrections, and nothing worked. And I put my hand on the ball, and he wouldn't give in a time frame that I felt was appropriate. And so I finally gave him a a physical touch. And he kind of dropped the ball for a second and looked back at me, and then I gave him another physical touch, and then he went for my hands, and I was able to, to secure him kind of underneath the chest and by, and by the collar, almost because I ended up being over top of him quickly in a bear hug fashion. And then within about seven seconds, his body just sunk, and he really relaxed, and so I felt comfortable to let him go. He walked about four feet away, walked around his owner's legs, came back to me, and gave me a lick on the face. And like I said, after that, we had been buddies ever since. Well, I can hear people saying, well, you shouldn't have been physical with the dog, and that's why you were bitten. Maybe you deserve that. What do you, what do you think about that? Because what I feel like is, in our situation, it's a little bit different than what most people may encounter because most people aren't sure. actively working with a dog to try to change their behavior. Well, and, and that's cool that you say it like that because you say they're not actively working with the dog. I, I, I would say that they are actively working with their dog, but they're just not aware of it. Just like we talked about uh, in yesterday's podcast about body language. If you're, if you're not aware of your own body language, then you're communicating things that you don't know to your dog. So if you're working with your dog, if you're near your dog, you are actively communicating something to him. It's just I was purposefully trying to challenge this dog, and that's the that's the difference. I was doing it very in a very aware and purposeful way. So what about those people that say, "Well, you shouldn't have been challenging the dog, and you deserve to get bitten." Well, I don't I don't uh, don't fault anyone who says I deserve to get bitten because this dog felt that he needed to challenge me in return, and that's fine, and that was that was his prerogative to do because he wanted to to communicate to me. I don't. You know, I don't want you to to, uh, to handle me that way. I don't want to be worked with like that. But he was also challenging me in return in order to figure out the hierarchy between me and him. But I would challenge those people who say that to say, what's your goal when you're working with a dog? And my goal with a dog is to teach him that he is not in charge of me ever. And again, it's not in a bullying way. It's not in any kind of, you know, aggressive or brutal way. It's out of safety. We need to be in charge of dogs in our human world so that they're safe, so that we're safe, so that everyone's behavior is, is predictable. And like I said, once we got that behavior, I was able to get a ball from this dog in no time. I was able to work with him using a bite sleeve because, of course, he knew that, and I have a video of that. Um, and I could walk him off leash, fantastic dog, but he and I needed to go through that process right. in order to establish that relationship. And when, if you notice we have our introduction and we say we want to effect, effectively work with a dog's nature not and not against it. And how does that tie in? Because when I think about it, if you're going to have a dog, unless you get lucky and have an easy dog and never have to worry about these sorts of things, 
you kind of have to accept that this can happen and may happen one day. Sure, of course. And I don't see a way around it. Uh, people will say, well, redirection, treats, uh, keep them on a leash, pull them away. But do dogs interact that way? If one dog bites another dog, how do they reconcile their relationship if they walk away and don't challenge back or have a resolution? You know, in other words, closure, right? Yeah. I don't see any other way. So for the people that are saying, you know, it's just best to be hands off when a dog challenges you. I say, well, show me another way to get to a place where you're at peace. You figured each other out, your limits, and you also weren't pushed away and bullied and uh, are so fearful that now every dog you see, you have this gut reaction. Your body's telling you, hey, you're in survival mode. You were attacked before. Better be careful, better be careful, better be careful, right? So you're you're almost paralyzed. Right. How else do you confront that? And I think you have to continue to deal with the dog. Yeah, of course. And and this is this goes back to how we work with dogs is is it's because they work with each other this way. So if we are trying to, you know, communicate with them in a way that feels comfortable to us, but in a way that is foreign to them, you know, to not challenge them in return, to not Tell them you don't get to jump up on me. You don't get to, um, you know, put your teeth on me hard when we're playing. You don't get to, you know, bark a thousand times when you're out out front on the uh, on the leash or whatever. Um, the dogs are going to keep being dogs, and if we're going to keep being humans, there ne there's never going to be resolution for for a lot of these more difficult or more challenging behaviors. And that's why I was saying when this dog, his name was Fado, uh, Black German Shepherd, when he bit me. That pushed me to the point where I realized, you know what, I can actually, this is fine. I, you know, I survived a do uh, bite by a police dog, and I made it a part of me and became confident of it. Whereas what Carlos just mentioned is people lose their confidence from it, and they go the opposite direction and become weak in dog's eyes. But I, I wasn't there for that. Did you cry? <laughs> no. No, it startled me more than anything else. Not even a little bit internal. No, not, no, not even a little bit. Okay. But thanks for asking. Okay, I just wanted to, I wanted to get the whole picture because I wasn't there and I had thought. Yeah, you, but, do you want to know what I was wearing too? Or? <laughs> well, maybe uh, tight shorts. I don't know, something like that. Maybe a Steve Irwin look. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, we laugh and we joke. But it really is. It's useful to be able to look back and say, you know what, that sucked. But, hey, I got over it. And sometimes comedy and ha having a sense of humor helps as well. Uh, because, again, the, the dogs rarely, 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 rarely want to attack us. And we know attacks happen. Have you ever been startled or was it always in a working situation by a dog that bit you and you weren't expecting it, for example? Oh, yeah, I've been startled a couple times, of course. Because I've been bitten one time. I was not expecting it at all. And it was inside my inner thigh. And it just shook me to my core. I wasn't trying to do a training session. I was meeting a neighbor and I was feeling sorry for her because her dogs were very antisocial and didn't she didn't get them out and about and I was trying to like tell her, hey I can I can help you. And I went and knocked on her door. She opened it, the dogs were barking. They were brother and sister. And as you know Brian, sometimes that empowers yep. them. Yep. And I think that's what happened. The female came out after barking at me for 30 seconds. I guess she had it. She maybe perceived that I was making a move as a threat. At the uh, entryway, came at me very fast. I thought maybe she would stop, but continued 
bit me on my inner thigh, and I think when she, once she did that, she retreated. Okay. But I it was a good five seconds where I was like, I don't know what to do. Oh yeah, but and that was that was early on, right? When you that was early on, man. And I had I had a scar because she bit through my pant leg. I have a, had a scar for the next six to eight years, I think. And I kept looking at it and thinking, man, that how did I let that happen? Right. What could I have done differently? Right. So it was a trauma. But I, I wasn't trying to work with this dog, but it came at me. So it knocked me down a couple pegs. You know, you, you, you can pick. Okay. You have a few options there, right? Yep. You can accept what's going on with your body and the signs that it's putting out. Well, I, you know, survival. i got to be safe. Um, your body will undergo a series of uh, stress-related responses. But then at some point, it, you do have to kind of, what's the saying, get back on the horse? Yeah. Right? I think I did shortly after convince myself to go back and work with that dog again, put it on leash. And we did walk the dog in the oh, neighborhood. I didn't know that. Yeah, actually, I just remembered because I was thinking to myself, what? Oh, that's right, I did it. Because I refused to just leave it at that. Right. Also, it's not the best thing to do to let a dog bite you. And then that's the last experience. Right. It, it's, you know what I mean? It's so... That happened. I was not expecting it. I had a scar for a long... By the way, Moderma, we're not paid by the company, but Moderma <laughs> works really well with scars. Okay, okay, that's good. To, but but the, the point here that, that Carlos is trying to make, listeners, is that he made a conscious decision after that happened to not walk away from it and not be defeated by it but and not be scared off by it. So that's a, this is what we mean when... You know, you've been bitten by a dog. There's a psychological process there that you can either retreat, you can be scared. But at some point, you're making a choice to either stay scared and stay retreated and not go, you know, move forward out of that and, and resolve it in a positive way. Or you can say, you know what, I'm, I'm tired of this. I want to have positive resolution on this. I want to want to do something positive with this negative experience. And, and that's what we'd like people to to realize that that it is it is possible. Whether it was you know back when you were a kid, we've had plenty of clients tell us I was bitten you know German Shepherd. But I don't know why that that comes up more often. But German Shepherd chased me and bit me when I was 12 years old or whatever, and it doesn't manifest itself until they're in adulthood and they get another dog and it just brings all those memories back. But be able to to be able to move past those those memories, that psychological trauma is is incredibly empowering. So one thing I, I realized by uh, just having a discussion with you right now is there's a big difference between maybe you getting bitten by your own dog or maybe uh, sure. a dog. What about other people's dogs that are out of control that have attacked you or bitten you? Well, how far do you take that? I mean, there is that, that still that component that stands true is, you know, you still want to be able to not let fear grip you and cause you to change who you are. But there's that other part of it too, where people have to be accountable for their dogs, how do you, how do you, how do you recommend you address those circumstances when the other person shouldn't have had their dog off leash or whatever the case may be? You're out and about, you weren't expecting it, and another dog attacked you and bit you, or bit your dog. How how do you rec recommend people get over those kinds of traumas? Well, I, you know that that's kind of a tough one because there have been a number of instances, including some of the uh, the court cases that I've testified for. But I remember one, you know, very distinctly when I walked into the uh, the home and the lady, you know, she showed very weak body language, very soft energy, and clearly she was not in charge of her of her young. I think it was a pit bull mix or or some maybe a, he has pit bull and shepherd maybe, and this dog was anxious but very 
uh, very vocal about its anxiety and clearly the dog's body language was saying, you know what, I'm uncomfortable with this and I will move and put my teeth on anyone who, who makes me uncomfortable by coming too close. Um, and so the dog made a lunge or two at me initially, but then I, I was able to what I call psychologically defeat her by showing her confidence and body language and saying, you're not going to win you know, this, this, uh, this battle with me. And so I just persisted you know, through patience and, and energy and body language and showed her, you need to, you need to give me something else. Um, and so I felt that, that the progress could be made with that dog. But at the end of the appointment, I said, you know, I don't think this dog is right for you. I think it's too much for you to handle. She was an, uh, an older, maybe, you know, in her, in her sixties, late sixties woman living by herself, um, and got this dog and it was less than a year old. So a young, young pup, uh, or a young, young adult, um, had plenty of energy, and I just I had an instinct, in, inkling that this dog wasn't right for her. And about four months later, she called me up and she said, "What do I do? My dog bit someone." Um, so it's one of those things where even if we if we can predict this is likely to happen and tell the person, you know what, maybe you should do something different. Sometimes it just doesn't make a difference. So we don't want to remove accountability, right? And we don't want to have no. people say, you know, they're not within their legal right to bring this up. I mean, there are laws for a reason and dogs shouldn't just go around biting people left and right. So it's safe to say there's a lot of different scenarios. We can't obviously touch on all of them. I know people have uh, stories where it wasn't their fault. They had nothing to do with it. I guess the, the part, the takeaway here would be individually speaking, internally speaking, don't let it change you. Right. Because if we let it change us, we wouldn't be effective anymore. Right. And whether we go to appointments, half the time we don't know what we're going to get into. People will, will give us some insight, some information that their dog may or may not be aggressive. But we don't know until we really get there. So we always have to, have to be prepared. But we can't go in tense, fearful, stiff, um, preconceived notions because it will affect who we are in our body language. And other dogs will pick up on that as well. So... I feel like I've come full circle. It did take me a while to process what happened because it was that one where, where I was bitten on my inner thigh was the first time. Right. And when it's the first time, it's it takes a little bit longer. But when you know, if it happens again, hopefully it doesn't. Your brain, your body, kind of seems to bring some closure to it a little bit faster. Maybe I don't know, if, Brian, if you can relate to that. But we want to basically say, hey, the takeaway is whether you have to deal with uh, holding someone accountable, please don't let it affect you to the point where now you see all dogs differently. Now you don't want to go to the dog park. Now you don't want to walk your dog anymore. You don't want to handle your dog. That sort of fear we're talking about. Yeah, because your, your dog or other dogs will definitely read that from you because your your intention, your mindset is going to be displayed through your body language and how you how you work with, um, with dogs. And, you know, I saw this just the other day on a, on a second appointment with a little, a little Jack Russell mix. The, uh, the husband was, was all of a sudden more confident and the wife was more fearful. And I didn't even need to ask them about that. They just sh showed me. And I, I tell clients, if I can read it as a human, your dogs have already discerned this about you. So they know what, uh, what the situation is. And, you know, it, it's, it's tough, but we, we really do encourage people just like, I think it's similar to, you know, survivors of, uh, you know, kidnapping or, or, you know, rape or all, all those very, very severe traumatic events yeah. is you see these people on the, on the news and hear their stories and they, you know, they take something horrible and 
make it a positive thing in their life. They they come out stronger, you know. They they come out more more aware, more intelligent, or they or they come out with the ability to 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 help others from from something like that. So you know, we're we're telling people that don't don't let your fears get the get the best of you, and and you know, turn that around and make it make a conscious decision to you know be better and move forward with uh with this with this experience and by the way this doesn't this does not take the place of you being safe right no of course not you know whether you feel like you need to wear gloves if you're working with a dog your own dog who knows or even or even a muzzle yeah a muzzle you still be safe you know we, we don't say take unnecessary risks we're just acknowledging that there there are circumstances where you're caught off guard and you will get bitten and the bite can be a big deal. And I don't see that a lot of people talk about it. They'll tell you how to avoid it. They'll tell you how to maybe try and prevent it, maybe uh, read the body language, but it just happens. Dogs are so fast, so fast when they react. So hopefully this gives you a little bit of insight. We, we want to help people with, with their dogs. We want to make sure that they, uh, a speak dog, right? And sometimes it comes with some inherent risks. So we are aware that bites happen. It's happened to us. Uh, we just want people to know that, that they need to continue to, to interact and apply discipline if they need to, structure, exercise, that sort of thing, and not let it affect them. Because if it's your dog, it's your dog. It's going to be difficult for you to say, well, I like my dog, but I'm a little bit fearful because I've been bitten. So I need somebody else to step in, right? So, and and there's there's one thing that I think I think this is a, a great piece of advice for us to end on is one thing you can do to to make yourself feel more comfortable. This is to roughhouse with your dog. Not only does it intensify the the bond with your dog, but you get used to having the dog's teeth in contact with you, whether you put gloves on it or not. Um, Getting used to him putting his teeth on you, you know what pressure he's going to use in play, you know what pressure is be, is beyond that, and you need to discipline him. And then all of a sudden, you can maybe start to feel a little empowered, feel more confident, and know that, oh, it's it's okay for a dog to put his teeth on me. It you know it actually improves our, our relationship, and I can actually work on my leadership skills if he if he goes uh, you know past that boundary there. Um, but we always recommend that to our clients and to to roughhouse with their dogs and really understand what what a dog's teeth and you know mouth and paws what his body can uh, can do what it feels like and and how that can improve your your relationship and your understanding with dogs yeah i know you have a great video about that too so make sure you guys pick that up on the oh, yeah. good That's dog right. workshop channel rough housing with brian it's pretty cool and it's short so yeah. but it's i think it's entertaining it's informative and uh, looking at your dog rough housing and doing anything is always fun and, and funny uh, for you, for those of you who haven't seen it yet, check them out. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone for listening. We appreciate it. any comments you have. Go ahead and put them in the uh, the window at the bottom. Please uh, also subscribe to our YouTube channel and like us on Facebook and let us know what subjects you would like to talk us us to talk about in the future. This is Brian Kirkner and Carlos Marino for Good Dog Workshop. Thank you again. Thank you.